Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. If you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Same thing if you're listening to this on a podcast, share it with your friends. My name is Iman, and I'm joined by Yasmin. Yasmin, what is up? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I could be a little bit better. Unfortunately, we're talking after probably the most heartbreaking loss of the season. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> we're coming um, to you guys. Well, why did I have to be Scotty? That's, that's my only thought. Um... But yeah, and to the Hawks, that's that's also um, very annoying. But, you know, the Raptors are due several horrible losses <laughs> per season. So they, this they're is true. Their this is true. <laughs> it was so hard. Don't don't give us heartbreaking losses against the Atlanta Hawks. I'm kidding. It was it was actually, you know what? Yes, Scotty missed that lineup. Yes, there was that overtime. Versus Detroit, blunder. I'll take it. I wasn't even expecting I wasn't it's expecting true. a Detroit win. I would have taken the L to them. Oh, that is fair. That is fair. The universe gifted us a win against Dwayne Casey, and so they have to steal one away from us. Um, that, exactly, exactly. Um, so we're coming to you guys the day after the Atlanta Hawks lost, and the Raptors lost it 124-122. And honestly, yes, it sucks to have lost that game, but they had control for the majority of it, despite missing Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. from the starting lineup, Chris Boucher, Delano Banton, Otto Porter. Who am I forgetting here? They missed absolutely six guys, six rotation guys, six key guys at Otto Porter, if I didn't mention him. Um, And they still managed to maintain control for most of the game. Scotty goes down with an ankle injury and then comes back. Uh, And also has the the drama. Um, And also has like a a bad game, which was kind of nice. So I don't know. I kind of like, yes, it sucks to have lost the game. And, you know, in the NBA, wins and losses, that's what matters. That's what counts at the end of the season. But there was a lot of positives to take away from that loss, namely having control for most of the game, despite the fact that Fred Van Vliet couldn't hit a single, I think he had one three and that one three he hit, oh boy, did it look like he's been amazing. It It was, he was due to, um, you know, kind of level out because he's been insane from three um, this season. But I think it's a good sign whenever a team can score 120 points. So um, for them to do that without the main offensive contributor on the court is a good sign. Um, but yeah, it, it ends up in a loss, but it's, you could, there are positives that you could take from it. Yeah. They had 31 points, uh, in the first quarter and 31 points in the second quarter. Sometimes the Raptors struggle, uh, to, to score anything in a quarter. So to get a, a first half where you, where you're having, you know, 62 points, uh, 31 apiece, it showed that they were able to score. And, and one of the main reasons for that is someone who has been struggling. And we've talked about it a little bit on this pod. Us has been saying some things that have been hurting my feelings, calling him, um, what did he call him? Dunker Spot Scott. 
That's what he was calling him in the last podcast. Sorry, what was that? Dunker Spot Scott. Um, that is uncalled for. Uncalled for. Very um, rude. Um, but he had a I, good game. He was. No, you're right. Yeah, he he was great. Um, I think that if we want him to become like the type of player that we want him to, like he's gonna have a lot of these moments where he's gonna be expected to um, produce in crunch time. A lot of the times, it does not you know, pan out as you wish. It sometimes is really ugly. And um, I think what the mark of a good player is if they're willing to bear that burden, because any NBA player is going to make, you know, at least 40 something percent of their shot. But Scotty has like this um, crazy confidence um, that has uh, given us a lot of great moments. And it's going to give us some moments where he's going to be on, you know, a blooper reel. So um, yeah, you got to gotta take both sides you gotta take the good with the bad that's like how it goes a lot of it is because players are pushing themselves to kind of break out of that the rookie expectations take on more more usage um and kind of push themselves and to develop things in their skill set that might be underdeveloped so um fans should get used to this they should get used to this year we're gonna have more moments like this we're gonna have moments like this next season um and that's all within the journey of becoming a top, um, you know, twelve player or something. I think that's ultimately the goal for Scotty. I think that's I think that's entirely correct. And I think where a lot of people were sort of faulting Scotty, or where where a lot of um, people were upset with Scotty's performance was the lack of aggression. Because you're right, in order to be a a top twelve player, top ten player, in order to enter that you have to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to miss some shots. And, you know, didn't have the most efficient night, but he took 29 shots. That's not something that we've seen from Scotty in the games where Pascal has been out. I actually have it right here. Scotty has been averaging um, just under 14 um, field goal attempts per game between the Atlanta game and the Dallas game where um, where Pascal was out. And you just need a more aggressive Scotty Barnes with Gary Trent out with Fred Van Vliet still not entirely healthy. Um, you're going, Scotty needs to sort of be that guy, you know, we're looking at Scotty and we're looking at OG at taking that next step. I think we've seen that from OG Ananobi and tonight we saw it from Scotty. I thought this was such a great performance because yeah, you're not going to hit everything, but just the aggression and his ankle that last possession, which I think a lot of people are sort of harping on a little bit, that last possession, it kind of sucks. You would like to see him the last possession in, in uh, regulation. I'm talking about, you would love to see him dunk it in that moment, but I think that maybe points to maybe Scotty not being entirely healthy there, but his aggression that he showed him being the best player on the court for honestly in the game period in my opinion is exactly what you want and it was so great to have that because I think sometimes when we talk about these sophomore slumps what happens is players get into their head and and then they 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 lack the aggression it becomes this like cycle right I'm playing bad so then I'm gonna get in my head and that's gonna make me play even worse so to see Scotty kind of break that and just say, you know what? I am the most talented player on the court. I am the best player on the court and actually show that in a game with his aggression and with the shot taking the defense. He looked like he was like zoned in. It was such a great performance from Scotty Barnes. I think for everyone who was kind of worrying a little bit about what this sophomore slump means um, and what it's going to sort of look like. I think Scotty showed you there's nothing to really fear. (laughs) It was two weeks in his you know, second year playing basketball, it's nothing to fear. Um, Scotty Barnes was absolutely phenomenal last night. And it sucks that I think the game is sort of tapped by that last um, that last layup. 
in uh, I will say, regulation. Yeah. I will say um, before we move on to the next topic, but mm-hmm. um, I will say that I, a fan should kind of keep an eye on how he performs next game. And I don't mean in terms of the stats, but in terms of the aggression, the aggression, does he maintain it? Because that would be a really great sign that the whole you know, final moments of those that of that last game is just water off a duck's back. Like it's just mm-hmm. that that's also a really good attitude to have. And I think the Raptors kind of their culture um, preaches where it's you don't get bogged down by past performances. You go into every game like it's its own entity. So hopefully, Scotty takes that philosophy um, and he does the exact same thing. <laughs> that he was I just think doing. that's a great point. No, I think that's a, a great point. And I feel like, I, I wish I had the numbers here, but I feel like that's something that we saw from Scotty Barnes last season, right? Where if he didn't have the best game, he would come out the next night and it would just, yesterday didn't happen. <laughs> it's all about the moment on the court. Uh, so let's actually pivot a little bit. So um, moving off of the Atlanta Hawks game, which yes, it was a bummer, but you 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 played well. If there's going to be a moral victory at all, hopefully it's one where six rotation guys are not playing. Um, but just to pivot over to looking at, they, they're, they're not going to be playing a lot of games. They're not going to be playing a lot of games right now. So the Nets on Wednesday is going to be the next game that the Raptors play. Brooklyn coming to Toronto. Now Brooklyn has a whole mess around them. There's a lot going on. But one bright spot for them is you don't want to who is leading the league in three-point percentage absolutely lights out um what what is your take on on the Nets Raptors game on Wednesday the Nets are always a tough one for us because of Katie literally because of Kevin Durant um I think that Last time we played them early in the season, um, Ben Simmons was an issue because I think the Raptors just kind of ignored him completely. Um, And he he may not be like what he once was, but I still think that um, you should respect that he is like 6'10", (laughs) 6'11", and can uh, do a layup. So (laughs) if you respect him as a basketball player, um, I think that they can handle it. Um, Kevin Durant, just throw everyone at him. Just like make a circle of four guys <laughs> and just engulf him. Make a circle of four forwards and surround Kevin Durant. Have them going in a circle like a carousel um, to try and dizzy him or something. But that's the only Bring way around the rosy. Everyone just like lock arms and just. He's always had an issue. Like he's, we always have an issue playing Kevin. Like it's been years. Since like 2017? No, that what? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
was his Other MVP than that. season? Was it 24? When did he win MVP? That one game he had, I still have. Like, I think that that was the game that capped it off that said, without a doubt, Kevin Durant is the MVP in the league. And I, I still have not forgiven John Salmons for not being able to inbound the ball properly. Um, but like, I think he, it was 2014, 2015. I think that was, like that. I think that was the 2014 season when he won the MVP. And it was truly, in my opinion, solidified with one of the best performances I've ever seen from Kevin Durant, point blank, period. Yeah, he, he, he just shows against. out against the Raptors. This I don't true. know why, just. Just join us if you're auditioning. <laughs> just come here. You know, you just love come it. Come here. So you much. can play like that every night, not just <laughs> twice, three times, four times a year. Like and he, he's been he's he's had an interview with Leisure Report and doesn't seem very happy with what's going on in Brooklyn right now. Naturally. Um uh, which understandable. Yes. Uh he wants a coach that will coach. He doesn't want someone who's it just, going it's such to a coach. Good fit. Even like attitude-wise, the Raptors are not like the talent on the team you wants to play with talented roster the Raptors have a talented roster the Raptors have a great coach that gets his team to play hard which is what it seems that he wants I'm just saying Kevin Durant come over yeah tell you let me give you my elevator pitch maybe I'll do that on the next pod (laughs) press the stop button <laughs> just like press every single button on the elevator. Minutes, I will convince you. Um yeah. Let's like, say everyone, I'm not I'm not encouraging looking for Kevin Durant and giving him your elevator pitch if you if you to run into Kevin Durant in Toronto, okay. corner him. <laughs> it'll put him at it'll put him at ease. Um, you gotta play the Raptors defense about... on him. Yasmin's boy for the Raptors defense to just everyone circle him. Yeah, you happen to see him in the underground house in Toronto. I'm not saying do it. I'm just not saying don't do it. (laughs) What's the weather before Wednesday? That's the one thing holding us back. But I I do kind of want to focus in a a little bit because luckily for them, they're not going to be playing too many games. The next one after the uh, Wednesday game against the Brooklyn Nets will be against the Dallas Mavericks. And then they have the Cavs coming up. My question to you is we've seen... That the team has needed OG Ananobi. The team has needed, of course, Trevor Van Vliet, who still seems to be a little bit hurt. Uh, and the team has needed Scotty Barnes to step up. What are you looking at with the other guys on the roster? Uh, maybe a Malachi Flynn, who had a great game. What are you looking at at everybody else? And, and who can really step up in this time where the Raptors are so shorthanded? I think it's on Precious, honestly. Um, because OG... Do we have any word if he's coming back? Yeah, I wonder. Um, It didn't sound severe. I could be wrong, but there's so many injuries. They're getting blurred. Um, He is an important factor because I'm assuming he'd be out longer than Pascal. Um, But yeah, I think that him filling out OG's role now that OG is doing a higher usage, um, you know, role right now would be important. And um, Precious has, I think, the potential to do exactly what OG was doing, be um, immovable defensively. Um, to take those open threes, to attack the closeout when he can, take opportunity when he can. Um, and I think this season, we've just seen an improvement in his IQ as a player. I think before, he was just prone to kind of this, those mental slip-ups. I think he was overthinking things, trying to do too much at once. But now that he simplified his role, which the Raptors are really good at doing, just getting players to um, distill. Yeah expand after that but you got to get the basics down and i think that precious has been doing that towards the last half of last season he's doing it then right um 
I, I like precious is going to be a big one. I, I agree with you on that because especially when talking about, you know, stepping into OG and Anobi's role, because quite often, you know, the Raptors, lots of people look at this team as a, a team that has a lot of similarly sized players and yeah. think, you know, it let's consolidate them. It ends, yeah, like let's consolidate them. And it's like, you know, you can consolidate OG and Anobi because you've got, and it's like, no one does what he does for this team in order to make that work. And so getting the precious is to step into an OG Ananobi role who can one guard one through five, as we've seen, but also yeah, he's, he's struggling with his three point shot, but he's still a threat from beyond the arc. It's still someone that teams have to go out there and get. Um, and, and just we're seeing right now the, the added skill set in OG Ananobi's game and why he's so integral to what this Raptors team does, especially when they're down to Pascal Siakam. But also, OG's role is so important to making Vision 6-9 work. It's so important to making the starting five work. He is integral to what they do. And so if you believe that this team can consolidate some of those pieces, that really requires Precious Achua to take that next leap in his game. Uh, so, yeah. so I'm, I'm there with you on that. I loved getting to see some Malachi Flynn moments. Uh, I thought he played incredibly well, it, you know, hit down some, hit some timely buckets and honestly just like was this sort of secondary ball handler that the Raptors needed. It's unfortunate that we didn't get to see Delano play um, injuries, my gosh, but he's been so good um, in the minutes that he's gotten to have. And I think a lot of that comes with, and we talked about it on this pod last time, um, the minutes he gets to see off ball, right? Like he is such a good slasher. He's such a good cutter. He's he he's shown an ability to knock down catch and shoot threes as well. And so we're starting to see a lot, a lot of these pieces really grow. A lot of these players really grow into their roles. And unfortunately, that has to come sometimes with some injuries, right? Like the bad side of an injury is we want to see Pascal out there. We want this team to be at their best because they're so good. And you're not going to lose these games to the Atlanta Hawks. But if we're going to look towards a silver lining at all, it's the fact that we're starting to see Scotty and OG's game take another level. We're starting to watch Malachi Flynn get some minutes and some and finding his role on this team. Same thing with Delano Banton when he was healthy as well. So if we're going to be positive at all and we're going to find some silver linings, the development of this team is going to continue with guys out of the lineup because it's just giving a bigger role to some guys who might That's be very that's the natural, I think, like the necessary evil in basketball. Like it, yeah. it always happens that there's going to be players that are out during this, the year and other players are going to step up and take the opportunity to develop. It's just, I think it's the natural flow of things. How many That's why you need um, a deep team. bench pieces have we seen explode because a starter or a star was out and they had the increase in usage and then they're all over, um, you know, the sports news coverage because people are like, whoa, get a load of this guy. It's like, oh, <laughs> he just needed minutes. Draymond um, Green would not be Draymond Green if David Lee did not get hurt, right? Like, there's so many, I, someone needs to write not, something about that. The amount of players. Get, Paul George would not be Paul George if Danny Granger did there not so get many, hurt. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's there, true. Didn't Pascal, Um, he started in training camp that year because OG was injured. Exactly. So, like there, there are so many <laughs> examples. It would have it would have been, you know, the 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 OG Pascal who's going to start depending on matchups. That's probably what the Raptors would have had. Oh yeah, Serge had Mark Pascal thing, yeah. not, you know. Um and, and so it, it's true. It, it is like sort of the unfortunate 
Um, it is the unfortunate truth of sports. And that's why the Raptors have been so great at having young guys on the team, right? You don't just fill your final roster spots with Udonis Haslam <laughs> because there could be some young guys getting minutes. And hopefully in a situation like this, they are able to develop. And that's exactly what we're seeing with OG Ananobi. It's what we hope to continue to see with Scotty Barnes. Um, and we got to see with Delano Banton as well. So hopefully some of these guys can start getting healthy and come back into the lineup. But I think there are some positives to take away and looking at this Nets game the Nets are the weirdest team they can lose by 50 million to the Sacramento Kings <laughs> or they can look like an absolute dominant power force and what that really comes down to is their offense right like their offense is always going to be so great their defense isn't can the Raptors keep up can the Raptors keep pace can the Raptors knock down their threes? That Atlanta Hawks game, no one was making threes. No one was taking threes. It felt like I'm such an odd game. surprised they that much. It was very, very weird um, because it just there wasn't a lot of three-point shot taking and making and, and like just tuning into any other game in the NBA and watching mm -hmm. Raptors Hawks. It felt very, very different. Um, but this is going to be a game where the Raptors are going to need to be able to keep pace with what the, the Nets do, and that's going to require – you know, Fred hopefully making more than one of 11 from deep. It's going to hopefully require OG Ananobi finding that shot again um, because they're still going to be the two forces that really lead this team. And hopefully Scotty can continue, leave that last second uh, layup behind him, that breakdown defensively in overtime behind him and come out with the same force that he showed against the Atlanta Hawks. Because once again, there's no one to guard him on the nets. There just isn't. Uh, anything else you would like to add before we close off for today? Yeah, I'm excited for that Nets game. Um, I just like seeing us play Durant. So that's always and then Luca's right next. And, and it's and in the Staples Center, he'll play better than he did <laughs> in his own arena. <laughs> so uh, that's must-watch TV in Canada. It it is, it is, it is. It's it's been a blast talking to you. Thank you everyone Likewise. for listening. Um and once again, like, subscribe, share. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Air, leave a review, a comment, uh, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. Peace out, everybody. Until next time. <laughs>